0: I want to welcome everybody online today, so thanks for being a part, uh, Orchard Grove family around the world, wherever you are. Um, we're glad that you're here, and uh, hope you enjoy the series we're doing on, on Abundance. Jesus says this, John ten ten. I came to give you, what, life, and I came to give it to you in its most abundant form, or that you would have to the full, and actually, the word abundance, it, kind of, it actually means more than full. It means spilling over. So, this, by the way, Jesus is using, using this in the context of him talking about being the good shepherd. You remember this? He says, I am the good shepherd. So this is not lost in all the Jewish people there who knew well Psalm 23, which is the Lord is my, what? Shepherd. I shall not, what? Want or lack or have less. So the idea is, and then in that psalm, it says, my, uh, my cup, what? It runs over, right? So that's, that's how some of you guys like your beer pull, poured, you know, <laughs> over, right? This is what you want. You know, you go in, you don't want to go, oh, hey, that's not a good, they say, that's not a good, what? Pour, right? So your cup is spilling over. This is how... um Jesus is speaking to them and in this context. It's, it's the context of there's more than enough. Now just think quickly. How many of you have operated some of your life on less than enough? Less than enough sleep? Uh, less than enough money? Less than enough time? You were, I was driving in front of somebody yesterday that had less than enough time. Has anybody ever been driving close to that person? I have less than enough time. And we've probably all operated on this, thin margins, no margins. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough. And so the idea behind this is uh, I came to give you life, but that you would have it in abundance or spilling over. Unfortunately, it can be rare, but have you been in the place recently where you got somewhere early and you were able to relax and sit down and collect your thoughts before the thing started? I know not Sunday morning. But have you? It's something like, well, wait a minute. I got an extra three minutes. We've We've sort of organized our lives around not having enough. I get barely enough time to get there. Barely enough money to get through the month. Barely enough energy. Barely enough emotion to give my wife a compliment. I was talking to a guy yesterday. Of course, now that I'm getting married, people have all these things to say have all these things to say so I sit there and listen to their things to say right and they all have a thing to say but then the guy across will say well, he was saying something to me about and then he was he was his anniversary coming up and someone was saying well well you should do something romantic for your wife and his comment was ah I don't do that right? Now, he was very proud. He was very macho, right? It was his way of saying, I don't do that. I'm beyond that, you know? And the thinking is, right? I'm beyond that. I I don't need to do that stuff anymore. A lot of people live their life, right, where they have no extra emotion to give. They don't have anything extra to say nice to somebody. And I think the abundant life is not not just one-dimensional. I think it's multidimensional. And what I believe is it does have to do with our emotional reserves, our resources that are here. Let's just be honest. Are some of us, probably I could say all of us, short with people when we're tired and out of time? Are we short with people? All right, now, my hand's up. Don't worry. All right. Um, are, you also, are you also short or curt or rude, that might be the word, with the people that are closest to you? Yes. Why? Because you can get a pass. And, and, and you should. Listen, I'm, this is important. You should for a while. This, is so, this will help somebody. The problem is, because you got a pass once or twice, you get in a pattern of getting a pass, and now you know I can take whatever out on the person that's closest to me. All right? And since I'm about to get married, you guys can preach this back at me in a couple months, all right? And so, but this is true. All, this is true of all of us. Because I can get a pass with this person. I will, right? I will polish myself up for work, because I can't do it with my boss. But... I can be short with this person and we let ourselves think we let ourselves into a pattern That's not abundance That's lack And what christ came to do was to give us abundance You mean chris it's possible. You mean people live that way where they have an extra few words to say to their son They have an extra hug to give to their wife who's hurting. Yeah, I mean they can stop and listen What's the first thing that goes when you have lack? Listening. I don't have time. I don't have time to hear your story. Some of you guys are like, "Just get to the point." Is that the point? To get to the point? No. I and mean, this is the, is this is this the hardest. I mean, if any guys are with me out there, this is the hardest of our hard challenges, right? Why do you want to get to the point? Because we want to get the toolbox out and what? You want to get to wrenching on it right away, right? They haven't even got three sentences out and we've got the toolbox system and I'll be right back. I got something for that. What do they want? I want to connect. I just want you to hear me and hear me and hear me, right? Oh, wow, a little tension here. Okay, that's Okay, think. Abundance is the ability to do that. What I'm going to talk about during this series is a growth and growth requires that you and I change and evolve and become. So don't square yourself off and say, well, this is what I am. This is what the Kramers are. You know, this is what the Smiths do. No, that's not it. Yes, you got some heritage. Yes, you got some of your DNA. Yes, you got some of your culture. But you are still becoming the person that God designed you to become. So it begins with the understanding that there is abundance. People tend to live their life with one of two worldviews. And And the worldviews they tend to live are, I have extra, life is abundant, or life is broke you tend to look at you tend to look at life and the world like you know there's so much love to go around there's so much goodness to go around there's so much there's so much money to go around there's so much of everything to go around do you know that there is plenty of food on this planet to feed every single person plenty times whatever We live in an abundant world. This is so important. There's plenty of food for everybody. Yet, a lot of people go hungry. It's not because there isn't enough. It's because it's what? It's not allocated properly. And we we don't have time to talk about all that, although we will and should and we have in the past. It's such an important idea. But people also have the idea that there's not enough forgiveness to go around. Therefore, I have to cut mine off right here. I need to be hard on the. Now, what type of criminals are you hard on? Ready for the answer? The kind that you are not. Huh? That's the kind you're hard on. I mean, you get with your family. Ah, I tell you what, that was kind of. Right? That's the kind that you are not. You're the other kind of criminal. In other words,. If you had lived from a sense of lack, there's not enough grace. There's not enough love. There's not enough energy. There's not. But I'm telling you, we live in an abundant universe. And Jesus came and he was showing us, I came to introduce you into that. Have you ever eaten with somebody? I mean, I'm not not talking about that had like, oh, this person has a lot of money. I'm talking about has a lot of money. And if you ever have, it's a completely different experience from the like the miser over there that's like uh, looking at the check and you know going they, don't, they they don't it's just not even a thought which is god Can I use a word for god that doesn't normally get used rich I think it doesn't get used because sometimes it has a negative connotation right But god is rich Can I say this filthy rich Have you ever thought of that? Or, you know, if you're you're into like old school biblical quotations, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That's what it means. He's rich. He's not lacking. He's not needy. And you've been around people that are trying to pretend they're rich. They're different altogether, right? But people that really are, they have nothing to prove, nothing to show, and they're not stressed, By the way, one of the reasons I think we, we have trouble with the word rich is because I think of two reasons. One is because we perceive rich as bad or evil at times because of how people attain it, which can be bad, can be very bad. That's why it says the love of money becomes the root of evil because... If you love it and you're obsessed by it and you want to stomp on, it's the how you get there. So if you have to stomp on other people to get there, that's bad. I'm near with me. It's not having it that's not bad. This is so important. Money's not bad. Riches is not bad. It's what you do with it and how you got there. Stomping on other people to get there, pushing other people down, this is bad what you do with it oftentimes sometimes you can use it to look down on others you can use it to watch this separate yourself from others i don't want to be around those people i will buy my distance from these people and if if that's the case then of course rich is of course negative but i want to use it in the positive sense abundance overflowing rich in the bible says god is rich in mercy so, you are the kind of person I want you to ready. Visualize yourself rich, but not just money. Not even thinking about money. That's sort of the that's sort of the, the last thing they even worry or think about. But rich, like oh, I got extra time. I have extra emotion. I have extra listening ear. I, I, I am available. I'm content. I'm free. And I this is the abundant life. Christ called the fruit of the Spirit. Now, Galatians, Paul wrote something like this about his life. And Paul said, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Now, this is something for us to think about. And this is not an overnight sort of thing. But sort of the, the end game is the, the the place that we're going to is... Where Christ lives in us. And Paul said, I don't even even live anymore. He lives in me. He started to, something about him started to die. And something about Christ started to live. Something about Paul died. He, He actually says, I've been crucified with Christ. I've been crucified with him. Now we know that Paul wasn't actually physically crucified. So what was this? This was spiritual or symbolic. Something of Paul died. This is huge if you want to grow. If you want to grow, this is huge. You have to go through death. Certain things have to die. Your ego has to die. The thing... And and I'm going to give you a couple of layers or levels that might give you some pegs to... uh, Do you remember the the thing in gym class where you had to do the pegs in the thing? Oh, was that brutal or what? Right. So... You have to die to a level to go to a different level. Um, One person talked about the base base level is sort of like, I I am as valuable or I am identified with my body. Sadly, I mean, this is a starting point, but sadly a lot of people stay at this level for such a long time. Such a long time. Why we have anorexia problems, bulimia? That's why we have kids cutting themselves. That's why we have all kinds of things. Because people way too much equate themselves with their body. Um, I'm. All, by the way, I'm all for you know getting in shape, staying healthy for the sake of health. But it, if it becomes your self worth is wrapped up in the shape the scale you know all these things that are that are external they're all changing and by the by the way we're all getting older did you know that you're a week older than you were last week since i've seen you my how you've aged this is what we are that's that's not bad our culture is obsessed with the wrong stuff can i just critique american culture for just a smidgen We're obsessed with the wrong stuff. Obsessed. Completely. I'll just go on a tangent here. We're completely obsessed. We've lost it over the wrong stuff. It's external. It's your body shape and type and color and hair. And and the reality is, right? Guys, dads, it's Father's Day, right? The reality is your chest always ends up in your drawers as time goes on, right? That's how you go. Life just has... You just... just evolution takes over. I'm not, but this is important. People, this is important. People equate their value with their body. And if we allow ourselves to buy into this culture, what's going to happen to our kids? Now you graduate hopefully beyond that. And that's why, you know, kids are just trying to get ripped. You know, the guys are in the gym and they're doing all these things. And, you know, boys are lifting weights and girls are putting on makeup. And that's all a part of growing up. But did I mention growing up? You want to grow up. You want to move to higher things. So the the next level people get to is like, you know, and you talk to your kids about this. It's not not how you look. It's how you behave. It's how you behave. I'm more concerned about your behavior. I want you to behave. And... How many think behavior is important? Like, get our kids to behave. I hope your hand's up. Okay. Like, be nice to your siblings. Be kind to the neighbors. Respect your teachers. All these kinds of things we talk about behavior. And so we talk about that level. Um, A lot of, by the way, we start to identify ourselves with our behavior because we hear these speeches all the time. But then later on in life, we fail our own behavior standards. I'll go over here today. We fail our own behavior standards. Like, I'm supposed to behave like this, I'm supposed to do this, but I don't always do it. This is what Paul talked about in Romans 7, right? Here's the standard, here's the law, here's the religion, here's the rule, and uh, I didn't do it. So, we are frustrated, and, and we get really frustrated when other people don't follow the standards. Um conservative people get really locked in on this level. It's all about behavior. He didn't behave. Punish him, right? Conservative people just get lasered into this level. There's another level. It's like, no, it's your beliefs. You know, it's your, it's not just about your behavior because we all fall short, but it's about what you believe. It's about your worldview, and and this is like sort of like an intellectual thing, and people start to change, and they start to they start to grow intellectually. Actually, it's what's interesting is conservatives get stuck at one level, liberals get stuck at this level. Right? That's why you'll see someone that's very liberal on TV, they criticize certain conservative people, but then they go off on a rant and shows the ugly, the ugly just comes out of them. Like a, because they haven't, they, this is what they do, they substitute education for transformation. Right? I haven't really changed, I'm not really a kinder person, but I get the value system. I get that we should be kind to everybody, I'm just not there myself. You say, Chris, well, what is what hope is there? I mean, where are we supposed to end up? This is so important. You're supposed to transcend this. I'm supposed to transcend this to what Paul got to a level where he said, I don't live, but Christ lives in me. When you talk to somebody, our conversation's around, what are your goals? I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to live here. I want to make this. We've all been trained that way. Very individualistic. What Paul said is, "No, I no longer live. Christ lives what? It's like a self-driving car. It's something's taking over in me now. If you're now, as far as cars go, I'm totally against that. By the way, not not for any political or safety reasons. Just like I love to drive. How many guys? How many people are with me, guys, gals? I just I love to drive. How many grew up on a stick shift? I went to a valet the other day, while back, while back, and uh, I pulled up in the valet. The, the guy couldn't drive a stick. <laughs> Go to the next guy, the next guy, the next guy. There wasn't one kid in the valet that could park my car. I, had, I wanted some money back, right? This was a paid-for event. Uh, no one could drive a stick, right? But if you could drive a stick, I mean, you like the feel. You like to drive. Anybody like to drive? Uh, I'll go I'll divert on a dad story for a minute. A little dad story. My dad, um, this will tell you everything you need to know about my dad in a short story. My first car Right? Like a lot of dads are responsible, you know, hey, have a talk with you, and the, let us get you a car that's going to, you know, let's look at the gas mileage. What, what kind of, what's the insurance going to be per month. My dad got me for my first car, a doom buggy. <laughs> in Michigan. Heavily practical. Why? Because it was fun. That's why. We got it because it was fun. It was an adventure. It had big, fat, huge tires on it. It was great in the winter. Like that big, right? This wide. Um, you know, big glass pack muffler coming out super loud. Ragtop, no air conditioning, or no heat, no air conditioning, obviously. And so it was just absolutely freezing, just brutal in the winter, right? A ragtop and no heater. But this was, this was my dad, right? He, he loved the experience, I think the adventure of growing in your faith is an experience that you're going to love, that you need to totally be a part of. But listen, listen. It also involves dying to certain things. Paul said, I was crucified. That can only really mean to me one thing. He wasn't actually with Jesus. But what he took it was, just as Jesus died physically, I had to die to how I looked at life. So you start, and all these things, they start, and you tell your kids, oh, you're so cute. You're so what? Beautiful. You're so handsome. You're so what? Strong. Anthony's little boy comes up to me every Sunday, and, and, and he, he gives me a high five, and every time he gives me a high five, I go, oh, and I blow my hand, like, and then he just, every time, every Sunday, he rears back farther, right, like, he just winds up, he just can't come running across the church to show me how powerful his high five is, and those are all good for this age, are you with me? They're good, but you can't, for the rest of it, you can't be 45 years old doing this, Thinking that my value is in how hard I can hit the pastor. <laughs> some of you need to think about that, right? Your value has to go beyond these things. And that'll die at some age. And that'll be fine that it dies. That he's not the world's strongest man. Some people, they stay on these pursuits Forever. And so you die to that level, and then you 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 go to another one. But the problem with a lot of us is we sort of aren't willing to die. We aren't willing to sort of let go of these levels. And they were good. They get they build you they build your self esteem. I mean, you could just see how tall he feels when he does this to me. And I like, I'm blowing my hand, and he just gets his chest just gets huge. This is good. Self esteem and self worth, and all these things that build they're so important. Um, you remember Paul the Apostle? We talked about him a couple weeks ago, completely going the wrong direction at 100 miles an hour. But this is what Paul said later on. When he, when he met Christ and he turned and started going the other direction in his life, he goes, What I was doing, I did in ignorance. This is a good word. I did in ignorance. Paul was completely fighting against Christ, but he was doing it in ignorance. How many can think back over earlier parts of your life and think about, man, I was, I headed 100 miles an hour, the wrong direction, but I was doing it with sincerity. I mean, in other words, with what I knew... With what I had, I was headed this direction, and that's okay. But then when you wake up, when you have that moment, and you have the chance to turn or to die or to repent or whatever word works for you, you take it. Think for a minute, if you can, about the turning moments in your life, the dying moments. One of the reasons why we don't like to slow down, a lot of us, is because it gives us time to reflect or to think. When guy was telling his friend uh, about leaving the church in general, not here, but just, he says, you know, I, I've, I've stopped believing in the whole thing. So he's on a crisis of faith and he decided he's going to leave. So they were talking about it and He said, but the thing that I'm worried about, this is so good. He goes, The thing that I'm worried about is that I'll stop growing because I won't have that time where I'll stop and reflect. Like down here, he knew how important that was for him. He was wrestling mentally with all kinds of the things that I think a lot of people wrestle as you grow older. I mean, if you're a thinking person, you're just going to wrestle. What he couldn't get his arms around is like, I think if I just unplug from the whole thing, I'm going to stop growing. I'd like to put a challenge to all of us. And here's the challenge. To stop, to think, to pray, and to grow. Too often what we like to do is bandage things up and move on. But the reality is, for us to grow, for us to change, we have to pause, ready? Pause long enough to be wrong. Pause long enough. And if we don't pause, if we don't stop or pray or think, what we do is we just keep pursuing. For a lot of the guys... Since it's Father's Day, I'll do a little sidebar here. Now you we need to pause, and we're going to continue in the series, we're going to need the help of other people. Most of us have individualized our spiritual growth. It's about me and God, or me and my Bible, or me and my thing alone, and that just won't do. It won't do it. Oh, you're really, gonna, you're really not going to like this part of the message. You're going to need other people to grow. Are you, this part you're really not going to like. You're going to need annoying people to grow. What? No, here's what I'm not to do. I want to get around all these nice people. I want to invite only nice people to my Bible study, only really uplifting people to my cell group or my small group or whatever you call these things, and that's not going to do. You need a couple annoying people. What? What do do most of us do? We just put a little cocoon. We remove the annoying people from our life. They're never us. (laughs) Uh, The annoying people are. Is this true? Now, they're not near you. They're not near you. But how how many people here know an annoying person? They're not near you, but. You know one? Now, what's our human nature? Get away from them. Right? Avoid them. I'm not talking about abusive. I'm not talking about you need to hang around abusive. I'm not talking about that. We need the help of others to become our best self. All of us. Years ago, years ago, I should do it again. Years ago, I did a whole series for men called Calling all cavemen, right? And the the idea behind the series is men, here's what men tend to do. We get a problem, and I'm overgeneralizing, I get that, but, you know, it's Father's Day, what the heck, right? We get a problem, we go into the cave, right? We think about it, we stew about it, whatever. We find our wrenches and our tools right there, and then we come out whenever we're ready. But we got to do it alone, and then we come out with our tool bag, and we're going to fix the problem, And the reality is a much healthier culture realizes that I uh, am a part of a greater whole and I'm only going to be whole as I'm a part of this. Fixing our problems with anger. We've all done this. I'll put my hand up, all right, so I don't have to be, uh, you don't have to be alone. And people will say, "Well, oh, I just need a vent, and then I'm okay. I read something really interesting about this. It's really not okay. Because what you do is you push people to a, a place and say, so I can get that out. Now that's the, new, that's the new standard. That's the new norm. And the next time, it's that plus a little bit more. It's that plus a little bit more. It's that plus a little bit more. I'm not saying you shouldn't go hit a speed bag. I'm not saying you shouldn't go swim a few laps. I have a heavy bag of my own, right? I've taped a few faces. No, I haven't done that. That was the early days. Uh, There are ways to release energy, but to release anger on other people. Those are not good things. We have to, this is, a, this is a sign of growth. Look, why are we really angry? Bottom line, because we're not in control. It's the bottom line. You can cut through all the layers like this, 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 but trace it down to the root, I'm not in control. And so I think anger is a way I can control this situation. And the other way you can do it is to die or not be in control. Oh, Talk about a bummer for a Father's Day message. You ever, there's like all kinds of guy codes, by the way. Like if you go with a bunch of guys, there's certain guys that have to drive. You know what? It's just sort of like in the air. Like we're going to we'll go to an event and like there's the one guy that has to drive. Like he just can't be the passenger. It can't happen. I'm sure he's healthy in every other way of his life. But anyway, he can't not drive. No, I'll, I'll admit I prefer to drive. I prefer the feeling like, I know if we're going to go in the ditch, I will be responsible for it. I prefer, right? But if you've ever been there, no, no. Anger and control are the same and trying to control your life and growing are incongruent. You can't do it. Some of you want to control your way to become a more spiritual person. That's why you like to checklist things. Well, just tell me the six things to do, Chris. And be like, well, die. Stop getting your own way. All these things help us. This is such an unfun message. I was crucified with Christ. Come to our church. But isn't it funny? But the whole message is about abundance. And they're connected. That's the whole thing. People think abundance is getting everything that you want. But it's the process of dying so that you can get to be that person where that you are Abundance.